hugged him a little tighter. I heard you were back in Egypt, he said in English. Of course you did, McCall replied in Russian, taking the proffered chair. Linkievich offered him an expensive-looking Turkish cigarette and switched languages. It's so nice to hear my own tongue, and from someone who doesn't butcher it. Some of your colleagues, he shook his head sadly. I wouldn't bet much on their chances if they've gone to subvert our revolution. As if, McCall said with a smile. These days he wasn't a regular smoker, but he'd always been fond of Turkish tobacco. So how can I help you? the Russian asked, leaning back in his chair, cigarette arm aloft. McCall got straight to the point. The wife of Prince Kamal al-Din Hussein, he said carefully, she's also the sister of the old Khedive, as I recall. The one you British got rid of, Linkievich helpfully interjected. McCall looked hurt. We relieved him of his duties, he conceded. I'm sure he's enjoying a life of luxury on some Italian island or other. No doubt. Let me spare you a lengthy explanation. The old Khadiv's brother, whom you put in his place, is ill and probably dying, and it has finally come to your attention that Prince Kamal, who's next in line, will refuse to succeed him while you British are calling the shots. And you've probably heard that he and his wife are rather fond of the Germans? McCall smiled. And? You want to know if the rumors are true, and if they are, whether the royal lovebirds are plotting with the enemy. Succinctly put, thank you. So, how much are you offering? The usual? Plus ten percent, McCall said generously. No one had bothered to tell him what the usual was. Fine, but I also want a new passport. The nationality doesn't matter as long as it gets me home. McCall considered. We'll need something special for that. Have I ever let His Majesty down? Linkievich inquired. Not yet. The Russian tapped the ash from his cigarette into an already brimming saucer. Well, I should begin by pointing your Mr. Considine in another direction altogether. These royal fools don't matter. Even if Kamal and his wife are plotting with the Germans, there's no chance they could ever be anything more than figureheads. They can only front for the Germans once the Germans are already in charge. They couldn't actually put them in charge. These people have no soldiers, no popular following, all they have is money, and I imagine they're only allowed to hang on to that providing they spend it on things that don't matter. So who should we be looking at? McCall asked, guessing that Linkevich had other names to offer. We are agreed on the terms? We're agreed. Linkevich nodded. The Germans have had someone in Cairo for more than a month, he smiled slyly. So I've been waiting for your visit. What's his name? Halberg. He's a Swede, an archaeologist before the war. I don't know if he still goes digging for that sort of treasure. Address?
I don't know. He was staying in the Rosetti Quarter, but that was his third address in as many weeks. He may have left Cairo by this time. And Egypt. If he... Linkievich raised a hand. He's not the one that matters. The ones who do are the Egyptians he talked to. They are the threat. The people who suffer real hardship from British rule, not the inbred peacocks who have their lives sent out from Harrods. And the Germans know this. The Egyptians never liked you, British, but now they're beginning to hate you. There are just too many stories going around about the Labour Corps, and how all these volunteers are really anything but, and how badly they're treated the moment you get them out of Egypt. The Germans are looking for people who can...